Northwest Prime, bringing Seattle to the world and the world to Seattle. I'm your host, Lori Ness, a soldier on the front line of the mainstream. You can listen to this and other shows at northwestprime.com and be sure to stay with Seattle Wave Radio 24-7, 365 for more great music and interviews. We're starting a movement of kindness and we want you to join us. Let's get this show started. I'm honored to have on the show today one of the world's most brilliant minds, in my opinion. And I'm also proud to share that she is a United States Air Force veteran. So I'm here today with Captain Graciela Pescarino Bato. And she served active duty in the United States Air Force for over nine years as an air crew member and instructor aboard the KC-135 refueling air tankers. She's a graduate of the UC Berkeley and has a master's from Whitworth University. She's an award-winning author, speaker, and business owner, among other things. And she's written a book, which, again, in my opinion, is highly, highly overdue. And this book, we're going to talk to her about that today. And this book is called Good Night, Captain Mama. And it's from the perspective, it's the first bilingual children's book starring a child and his military aviator mother. And it's talking about... um, deployment and different things that children, military children, have to go to. So, Captain, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Lori. Appreciate that. Well, this book is going to be available July 4th, and that's a fantastic time for it to be available to everybody. Yes. Well, it's actually available now, but the official launch date is this week. So this is when we're doing a lot of the, uh, you know, announcing, and we're doing a, a everybody buy on July 3rd to make it a bestseller kind of push. So really introducing it. But availability, it's it's available now. Um, you know, for bookstores to buy, for schools and libraries to buy, and of course for consumers to buy on Amazon. Great, and I want to tell everybody up front, and of course um, we'll, we'll tell this several times throughout the show, but they can actually go also to CaptainMama.com, and that's your website, and then the book is also available on Amazon. Exactly. If they want to read reviews, you know, it's a brand new book, so those reviews haven't made it to Amazon yet, but the reviews that we got before we went to print, the reviews inside the book, they're available for viewing there at CaptainMama.com, along with other information about the book. All right. Well, I would certainly encourage everybody to support your effort in this for sure because, like I said, it is long overdue. What made you want to write on this topic? Well, it really was inspired by my youngest of three kids, my little boy, and it was he who first said, good night, Captain Mama. So I will tell you that it was inspired by true events, (laughs) and it was a bedtime conversation, and he was walking to bed, and he saw me in my flight suit because I was going the next day to both his preschool and my daughter's elementary school. So I was just getting my stuff together and putting it on, and I was going to go and speak at the schools, and he hadn't seen me in this before. So it was his questions. It was coming in and yanking the patches off the flight suit and giggling at the Velcro detaching sound. And it was really this sweet, spontaneous conversation with my child. And having to come up, Lori, with you know answers to questions about what is meant on each of these patches, which means 
you know, different things about the unit and the work and the specialty and having to come up with simple language for a four-year-old in the moment. And it was really that conversation and hit when he said, good night, Captain Mama, that that was the creative spark, and I wrote the manuscript that very night, the very first draft. Well, he really caught on to something there because the the military uniform, everything on it is really significant of something. There's just not arbitrary things sewn onto the uniform right. or attached to, to the uniform. And so each thing does have a special meaning, and for children who aren't only um, born of military parents, but who have are in school with military children, um, this is exactly. also good for them to know. <laughs> Exactly. And so what what happened was the next day is I went to the elementary school in my blues and then I went to the preschool in my flight suit. So I did a little quick change in the middle. And I ended up at a cafe later just writing a blog post about what we tell our children on Veterans Day. And I put that in the Huffington Post because the questions that I got it just, again, reminded me of how many children just don't even know the basics of military mm-hmm. service because there's communities where there are no military installations. But maybe they heard about somebody whose parents away or whatever, but that the curiosity, that's what this book is about, is satisfying that initial curiosity about the physical uniform that's right in front of them. It's really the introduction. And, you know, while the teachers are saying that you're a veteran and you're in uniform, they're like, what is that? And so when you hear Mm -hmm. the questions, that's what inspired me to do it this way, very simple, very um, introductory as to what it all means. And then very importantly, why? Why does mommy Mm -hmm. serve? Why did mommy serve? Well, it's probably not only for children could use that book, but, you know, there's lots of adults who don't know. Exactly. Yeah, it, it teaches it teaches everybody who reads it to a child, and definitely the child learns. And um, it, it was neat to, to do a creative balance of, of language, you know, explaining it in a basic way, but giving enough information that the the curiosity is satisfied, at least initially. And then they're going to want to know why. Well, definitely, because it, it is um, bilingual, and there are a lot of um, Latinos that serve in the military, and and, and studies show that second-generation Latino children grow up speaking English, um, and, and a lot of them go on to, to join the military. They have a lot of pride in, in country, being the United States and in service. And so I think that that's a really great opportunity for, for children to learn the right way from the, from the basic ground because they, a lot of them gravitate that way anyway. Well, I'm glad you brought this up because I am one of those children. Uh, my parents came from Mexico. I was born in Texas. I was raised in Colorado. And then I was educated in Berkeley on an ROTC scholarship. So I had no experience whatsoever with the military, and I mean zero. There was just nobody that I knew that I could even ask what any of it meant. And the way I learned about it was my high school counselor, who knew I wanted to go to college, knew I was the oldest of five, and knew we did not have the financial means for, you know, to send me somewhere. So when we were talking about where to apply, and I said I had my heart set on Berkeley, and she said, come to my house for dinner. My husband is an Air Force major, and his college education was paid for through an ROTC scholarship, and he went in as an officer. 
which of course didn't mean anything to me. I did not know the difference between an officer and enlisting out of high school, but I learned all of that over dinner at her house. So yes, I grew up bilingual. I, of course, learned English in kindergarten and onward. And so the reason the Spanish is in here is, for a couple of reasons, is to have the ability to connect with the fastest growing population in the United States, which is a Latino ethnic group, in the both of the languages that we speak. Some of us speak English, Mm -hmm. some speak Spanish, some speak both. And so to be able to show a Latina in a very non-traditional role as an aviator was very, very important to me from the role modeling and to let children everywhere, but especially children like me, what is possible through education. So there's a lot of reasons for the cover to be what it is. Little boy in the arms of his mother, airplane right behind them. And so mm-hmm. all of those goals are wrapped up in the art, all of the, that vision of saying, here is how we serve. And, you know, really Latinos, like you said, have always served in this nation. But, you know, I Googled books written by uh, Hispanic military veterans a couple of days ago for a piece I'm writing. And I found a whole lot of nothing. I found two books. And here's what's interesting. One of the authors' name is Bill Lansford. He just died, World War II veteran. Does he sound Latino? No, but he is. His mother mm-hmm. is Mexican, which, again, comes back to we've served for so long, but you just don't know it because we're right. blending in. <laughs> and so I think it's it's also my desire to remind this nation that just because we started speaking Spanish or because one of our parents was from Puerto Rico or you know one of the many, many Spanish-speaking countries that we have, or Mexico, like me, that we are no less patriotic, we are no less American, and as a matter of fact, we might be more so because we're actually in uniform. And I think that our stories have not been front and center in mainstream stories about World War II and about the other conflicts. And so I think this will start that conversation and, and you know remind people or inform people of how long we have served, going all the way back to serving with George Washington. Right. Well, see, for, for me, I I grew up in a military household, and military service goes back to my family starting in the Revolutionary War, and they received land grants from the Revolutionary War, and um, it, it goes all the way up to, to my to my father. And I grew up surrounded by military people, which was always it just never occurred to me that the world wasn't just full of all different kinds of people because you see that in the military. It's all represented. Exactly. You have black and white and, and yep. Hispanic and, and everybody. And and my father would um, always invite guys who had um, nowhere to go during the holidays to our house for dinner. And it was always just a mix of people. It was Latinos from Brownsville, Texas. And it was, mm-hmm. um, you know, people from Detroit or New York or from all over the world. And they all had the same thing in common as, as we sat at Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever. And they all just had this love and pride of service, no matter where they came from or what their background was. So it was it was unique to me to then of course get leave the military family when you know when my father retired and and I grew up and go out into a world that that didn't see the military the way that I saw the military and exactly by this book that, is, and is, and you is said so it you lived it and 
Yeah, and it is because the the military, by virtue of the fact that it, it is voluntary, um, it really does reflect the the makeup of who we are as a people, as a diverse nation. But the thing is that when when stories and I just saw one over the weekend, a World War II special. When stories are told, um, you don't tend to hear of the the Sanchez's and the Garcias and and the you know, the, the guy whose first name is Jose. Now, I don't know why that is. You know, we, we haven't heard of Bill Lansford until he wrote himself a book. Um, so I, I'm just saying that it is true that we've always served. It's just not known that we've always been part of every fight, every conflict. And I think one of the people that endorsed um, my book said it really, really well. His name is uh, Dr. Michael Hogan, and he has taught at international schools, and actually he's a consultant to the State Department. And uh, he ran a school in Mexico, and he loved the fact that the book was bilingual. And he said this. He says um, that the the Spanish translation was a welcome addition, and like many educators like him who have seen the positive results of dual language learning, he was particularly delighted. It provides a vehicle for children to be proud of their heritage and culture and see the beauty and interconnection between both languages and cultures. And then this is my favorite sentence. More people should know of the sacrifices that Latinos and Latinas have made and are continuing to make for the United States, and too few do. So mm-hmm. I love that he picked up on that. And so mm-hmm. as we celebrate women and we celebrate mothers and we explain to young children and you know preschool, kindergarten, first, second, third grade, which is the target audience for this book, that that will come up. And um, and I think that's a very 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 good thing because like you have experienced, uh, it's it's unique and um, the rest of the nation just doesn't see that uh, inclusion of us in the service. So. Mm-hmm. It's true. Well, I, I definitely think that more stories from military members need to be told. There are some fantastic stories from everybody who served. Um, that it, yeah. There's a lot of World War II stories that haven't been told. There's a lot of Vietnam stories that haven't been told or Korean or, or just everyday active duty. Stuff goes on every day in the military that people just do not understand. And um, my husband is in the... Um, is in the reserves, in the Air Force Reserves, and he is um, a KC-135 tanker crew member. This is why this is even so much more to me. And he's on alert right now. So I spent last night in the alert facility. Oh, excellent. And he's at Air Force Base, right? Which is where I Air Force Base. Exactly. exactly. (laughs) So I I was sitting there in the alert facility last night because, as as people in the military know, that's that's what you do. So for people who don't, it's kind of like the fire station um, for air crew members. So they go there and they are sequestered there. They have to stay there. Um, and then this klaxon or this big, long, uh, horrible bell siren goes off and they rush out to the airplane and they fly off and could save the world. Um, but most people don't know that. And these alert facilities are all over the world where men and women are just standing by, locked in these facilities for a week on time. They can't leave. Um, like I said, kind of comparison to a firehouse. And they're just on guard night and day. And that alert facility, I was thinking about you last night when I was in this alert facility. And families were visiting, and it was just made up of men and women and Mm-hmm. white people and Latinos and black people and Chinese people. I mean, it, did, it was America. just a, a multicultural. It was America, <laughs> absolutely, a proud American yeah. in this yeah. alert but no, Nobody was thinking that it was any different. The only reason I was even thinking it was because I was thinking about this book. And so we went into the yeah. library, 
um, to sit down, and I I was looking at the lack thereof of books that they had. So I'm going to order this book. I'm going to take it to the alert facility. I'm going to put it in there because children were visiting their parents, and um, I thought, what a great place for this book to be that in this alert facility from this oh, air number from this you know, yeah. duty station, and it really should be who all has pulled alert in the, the same facility. Yeah, I have to just say, <laughs> who's pulled alert in the same facility? You know, I, I wish you could see me smiling right now. I'm just, I'm smiling. I love that visual of children visiting their parents, being able to read this book, and seeing yes. the specific references to Fairchild and right. to the patches that are being worn right now on their parents' uniforms. That's going to be terrific. Um, and, you know, representing the base, that's terrific. When uh, when I was on alert, I have to just share the story just to remind me of it. We were there. We had a crew of um, – the boom operator was a woman named Christy, and then so it was uh, me and Christy, and then we had the two pilots that were, that were male. And so we were hanging out, and <laughs> it was so creative. We decided to all bring our Ronco food dehydrators. <laughs> <laughs> and we were all going to make our favorite uh, jerky recipe while we were there. And so we had salmon jerky and turkey jerky and beef jerky. And so that was one of the things that we did. So it, it's incredible the you know the ingenuity that, that crew members have to pass the time. And so that was just a funny memory that popped into my mind when you said alert facility. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, because th- there is a lot of time. There's a lot of downtime sitting around waiting for that horrible, horrible bell to go off. Um, yeah. It's so loud. <laughs> but, uh, um, and they do. Uh, I know my husband was responsible for dinner one night, you know, and everybody makes dinner a, a different night. But um, it was, it's, well, it's especially significant for me um, at Fairchild because we just lost a crew in Afghanistan six or eight yeah. weeks ago. And uh, so, so there's still that kind of um, in the back of everybody's mind. It was a very deep hit for Fairchild, um, which is a, a close community, as as you know, of uh, of military, and uh, for, for that crew to go down. So um, I'm just really excited to order this book and, and put it in there, and I would really hope that other people in the military, if, if they have access, I, I'm a big supporter of books for troops anyway, um, but but I didn't even realize after being in that alert facility last night, uh, Charity Starts at Home, because <laughs> their library really had, like, hardly anything in it. I'm like, this is a library? Wow. So I'm like, yeah. we're going to change that, because I and, know... And for people who have a lot of time, any week. books? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. I I want to add something. Can I add something about the the Shell 7-7 that we lost? So I was on active duty in January 1999 when we lost the crew in Germany, the guard crew. There was a tanker crash in, um, in Germany, and a very dear friend of mine from the 93rd Refueling Squadron, uh, Captain Ken Thiel, senior instructor pilot, was on board that day. And that that was really hard for me because I was actually in on a deployment to Quito, Ecuador, on a non-flying assignment because I was speaking Spanish and I'd taken this assignment for four months. So I was out of the country when that crash happened, and I got the news. And so I did not get to be part of the community memorials and everything to honor the crew. So when I came back, you know, months later, everybody was like trying to get over it and move on, on you know, move on. So. We haven't had a crash in, what, 14 years. So we were in 
the final review stages. We were we had just printed the advanced review copy of this children's book we're talking about today, Lori, when that crew was lost. Mm-hmm. And I went with back to my team and I told them what happened and I said, We need some ideas. I need to honor this crew. I need to somehow dedicate this book because there was a real Captain Mama on that plane. There really was. And so I will tell you that we found a way to do it in a way that wouldn't terrify small children reading the book. It's a beautiful page. It's at the very, very back. It's, you know, thanking for the service, you know, Captain Mark Voss, Captain Victoria Pickney, and Sergeant Mackey. And so we struggled with the words and the images and what do we say to honor them without, again, you know, scaring small children. So I just needed to add that because that happened during the production. And um, we actually slowed stuff down so we could figure out the proper respectful way to honor my fair child, you know, my fellow fair child airmen. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. because I just couldn't believe that this really happened when we haven't had a loss for so many years. So I definitely wanted to add that, that, you know, I did what I could to to honor them, and I hope one day to present a copy of this book to the children of the crew members. And uh, I really hope that there's an opportunity to do that when the children are older. I, I, I really hope so, too. And, yes, like you said, there really was a Captain Mama on that. She had a seven-month-old at that time. Yeah. Um, so it's been yeah. a couple months now, probably a nine-month-old, but just a tragic, tragic situation on so many levels. Um, yeah. And uh, it's just uh, very timely. This book, like I said, is very long overdue. It needed to be told. It's a story that not only is helpful to military children, but really children all around the world. There's military installations all over the world which um, garner a lot of attention, and children love to look at a military uniform. There's a lot of stuff going on on that uniform. There's, um, It's colorful, and it's very eye-catching, and it's very symbolic. And like we said earlier, each thing has a story to tell in itself of why it's on that uniform. It's very, very exactly. important that the world understand that. Well, and I think for 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 young children, you know, they're they're going to ask the most basic things, which is what I loved about his curiosity. He went straight for the color. And mm-hmm. what is this? And what is this star? And what is this on your shoulder? And really, the, the book really reflects that conversation that we had of, of rank and uh, specialty and where you're assigned. And instead of saying, you know, Air Mobility Command or, you know, something like this, I said my team, right? And so mm-hmm. that language, I think, is really, really important because they do. It's the, the shiny, colorful stuff that attracts their attention. And what a great way to introduce the complexity of military service, but then to just use the insignia to guide the conversation. So really, we have my son to thank for that. <laughs> well, we want to thank him. I, I want to ask yeah. you about um, a portion of the cells is being donated to VYs, and I wanted you to talk a little bit about that as well. Oh, this is great. So thanks to Facebook uh, and a fellow uh, military Latina veteran on the East Coast who is part of this program, she introduced me. So she's a student at Syracuse University, which is where the uh, the veterans and family the Institute for Veterans and Military Families is headquartered. 
and a professor who used to be an Air Force officer, he's a professor at the business school there, conceived of this idea of what if we took these women who leave the military who just by the nature of what we do have earned and learned a lot of leadership skills, a lot of critical thinking skills, a lot of organizational skills, creative skills. What if we connected with those women as they left the military and taught them entrepreneurship and really coached them and had conferences and mentoring? And and what if military women who have started businesses like me here on the outside, what if we came back and, and what if we were the coaches and what if we brought other coaches and what if we did that? And that's what VWISE does, and they have conferences around the country. And when Dolly Rivera introduced me to the executive director, I just thought, I want to be part of that. And as a veteran women entrepreneur business owner, who better than to partner with them, right? So Mm -hmm. it just was a perfect synergy. And so that's what we're going to do. We're just going to donate uh, net sales uh, proceeds to them every quarter and just support their mission, and that's very, very important to me because the publishing company that I started three years ago, we are a social entrepreneur venture, and we always get back to causes that align with the work that we do. So it was a perfect match and, again, connected by a fellow veteran. It's perfect. It is. It is. And I'm going to be one of the first ones to purchase this book this afternoon when I'm off the air, um, and I would just want to thank you for coming on. and. This book just really needs to be in the hands of every library, every alert facility, every military child, every child, in in my opinion, in America definitely needs to know this story and anyone who comes in contact with with any military around the world because the military really is um, ambassadors for the United States people. And it's really great that... um, the world has an opportunity, and that's the great thing about writing a book. At least you put the tools in people's hands. It's up to them to get the book and read it, but the tool is there to educate and inform and empower um, children around the world. So I really appreciate that you came on today. It's very special to me personally, um, and uh, I, I, I can't wait to put that book in the Fairchild uh, Alert Facility for you. Well, I can't wait for you to have it, and I can't wait for you to appreciate the the illustrations, which I I want to just add. The the illustrator, Linda Lenz, is actually the daughter of an Air Force veteran. So we even have that connection with the illustrator, who's the daughter of uh, somebody who also served. And uh, I wanted to offer something, um, you know, to your point about children all over the world. The book is in distribution through Amazon at the U.K., in Germany, and Spain, in addition to the U.S., so people that are overseas can just order it on Amazon through their sites, and the book will come from there. And if people want to introduce this book to a local library, I've made it really easy to do that. At CaptainMama.com, there is a tab for librarians. And if we click on librarians, we'll find a little flyer right there we can download, print out, and take to our local library. And so I would encourage people to do that because there's a lot of libraries and not everybody reads the same information. So this is a good way for somebody that has heard about the book to come to the library and say, could you please buy this? So that's the easy way to do it. All right. Well, can't make it any easier than that, that's for sure. And you know, thank you for your service to the country, and thank you for coming on this show today. My pleasure, and I can't thank you enough for really for your interest and for 
you know, just connecting and, and understanding why I did it and uh, wanting to know more. So I thank you so much for uh, bringing me on today, Lori. Well, thank you. And um, I, I'll, I'll let you know when, when I uh, take that book to the alert facility. I'll take a picture and send it to you. I would love that. We're we're asking people, now that the books are starting to ship today, we're asking people when they get their books and they're sharing it with a child or a school or an alert facility, I love it, to uh, share a picture at the Goodnight Captain Mama page on Facebook. I'd love to see those pictures. All right. Well, we will do that. All right. Well, have have a great rest of the day. We encourage everybody to go to CaptainMama.com and purchase a book and, and support this, this fantastic movement that uh, is starting about educating children uh, with what's going on with the military and military uniform. So thank you again for your service, and uh, I will be in touch with that photo. Thank you, Lori. I appreciate you so much. Thank you. Uh, no problem. Have a great day. Okay. You too. So you can go to CaptainMama.com for more information about that, uh, that, that book, Good Night, Captain Mama. And I encourage you to share that with with a child in your life. And if and if you don't know if you know uh, if if you don't have any information about the military and you want to know, get the book for yourself. A lot of us in in the United States, we all know somebody um, who has military service. Most of us do, but but not everybody. So if if you think this book can be a benefit to somebody else you'll definitely want to share that with, with them. And for all veterans and families of veterans, we honestly thank you for your service. It is a huge honor to know a veteran, uh, to be a veteran, and to be associated with veterans and their service. It's It can't be said enough. And on that note, I'm going to go out with Becca Eden. She's been doing a lot of uh, music for veterans. She wrote a song called In Between, and the proceeds of that song go to the Wounded, wounded Warriors. So I'm going to go out with that. Seems right for today's show. I want to thank everybody for listening and encourage you again to uh, thank a veteran. Have a great day.
Shaping me into who 